Isaiah said that the Lord spoke to the king and said, Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But when the king refused, God would not be stopped. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the young woman is with child and shall bear a son and shall name him Emmanuel. God wants us to know, even when we aren't sure ourselves, God wants us to experience his presence, even when we think we can handle life on our own. God sends us signs of God's presence with us. All we need to do is keep our eyes open and look. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. Behold, we light these candles, the candle of the kingdom, the candle of the signal, and the candle of song, and the candle of the gift, each a sign that no matter our circumstance, we know we are not alone are those who, because we can hear the music and see the destination, headed to God's promise. It's really hard to believe that it's already the fourth Sunday of Advent. I feel like it has flown by. And it's been a really nice to be able to worship in this beautiful space. And so thank you, Sarah, for the tree decorations. Thank you, team, for the lights and the star and the ornaments. This whole season of Advent, the theme has been Behold. And so the first week of Advent, it was Behold the King, because we remember who was Lord of all. Second Sunday was Behold the Sign, because we know that there will be a light that pierces all darkness on a time and place we do not know. And then the third Sunday of Advent, we were Behold the Song, because we know that there will be a day when all of God's people together will be singing with the heavenly host. And so today, this fourth Sunday, it's behold, the gift. And I think if I were to ask you what you think the gift of the season would be or is, I probably would get a lot of different answers. Some of you may think that the gift of the season is no school for a little bit. Anybody? Uh, Yeah? Maybe some of you think that the gift is really just like getting gifts, maybe, then that's okay. Maybe some of you think that the gift is being able to see friends or family you haven't seen, uncles or aunts or cousins or a parent or a grandparent, that's a good gift. And maybe some of you think that the gift of the season is being able to cook something really special or to be able to eat something that you only eat during this time. I think this is the season of gifts, but it's kind of a season of gifts and talents. 
This is the season where we get to witness the gifts and talents of other people. Because think about it. This is the season of plays and concerts and ballets. There are people who have been to the Nutcracker. There are people who've been in the Nutcracker. There are people who've been to concerts. There are people who've been to Christmas tree lightings with music, school concerts, civic concerts. This is a season when people attend more theater type things than any in the entire year. If you think about it, it makes sense. Just think about right here at church. Our kids, the children's choirs, they've been able to be in worship two different Sundays singing the songs that they've been practicing for a long time. They got to sing in the sanctuary one Sunday, chapel one Sunday. For our adult choir ministries, our adults have had three different Christmas cantatas, all with three different orchestras. Our kids even got to watch a play just for them last week. And now this week we have Bring Your Own Talent, a time when people take their talent from the pews into the center for worship. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of courage, as Shauna said. It's nerve-wracking when you get up and perform in front of someone. You've been practicing for a really long time. You've been thinking about chord progressions and what you want to play and what you don't want to play what you can sing and what you don't want to sing. I know because I'm a musician. Yes. I don't know if you know that about me, but I'm a musician. Kind of, but not really. I played the piano growing up. I mean, technically I still can play. (laughs) I can sit down for you right now and I can play about four songs from memory. And like anyone who took piano lessons or guitar lessons or whatever instrument lesson or voice lessons, I have a Christmas song as a part of my repertoire. Every year I would be given a Christmas song right around July and my teacher would tell me, learn this by December. So right now I can sit for you at the piano and I can play one and only one Christmas song. It's by the band called New Kids on the Block. (laughs) Any guesses what it might be? This one's for the children. Do you remember that song? This one's for the children. Yeah, I can play that. I offered it to Bring Your Own Talent Sunday, but Arturo and Tyler told me that the set was complete. They did not need my talent today. I know what it is to practice and to use your gifts and your talents, and we are extremely grateful that we have people that do that. There was a school one summer or one Christmas and this particular school, it was a private school. And so they decided to do a Christmas play. And because of the school, they could do a Christmas play complete with Mary and Joseph and all the trimmings of Christmas. So the teachers and the faculty, they talked it up with the kids. They're like, this is going to be the best Christmas play ever. And they said, so we want you to start to think about what you're going to try out for. What part do you want to play? And one of the boys at the school, he knew immediately. He's like, I'm going to be Joseph. I'm going to try out for Joseph. I'm going to get Joseph. I'm going to learn the part of Joseph. I'm going to be an awesome Joseph. 
So the day came and he tried out for Joseph. And then the dreaded wait happened where he had to wait days and days to find out the cast list. Finally, the drama teacher posted the list on the door. And this boy, he ran over to the door and he went over to the list and he looked for his name. And by his name, guess what there was? The role of innkeeper. It's like, oh, that's the worst. He's like, I don't want to be innkeeper. And so you know what he did? He looked for who got Joseph. Because that's naturally, you got to go figure that out. So he took his finger back and he was finding out who played Joseph. And there it was. It was that guy. We all have that guy. The guy who got to play Joseph was his nemesis. It was his enemy. It was that guy. He was so mad. That little boy thought right there, he's like, I'm going to mess him up. I don't know how, but I'm going to mess him up. So the rehearsals began. Christmas rehearsals started for the play. And they all started to learn their lines and memorize their script. And the whole time the innkeeper's thinking, I'm going to mess Joseph up. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. Finally, the night of the big play came. Everything's going perfectly as scripted and rehearsed. The scene comes up with the innkeeper in it. So the innkeeper begins to do whatever the innkeeper is supposed to do. And at the exact rehearsed time, just as needing to happen, there was a knock on the innkeeper's door. So the innkeeper went over and he opened the door And just like he was supposed to do, he answered it in a gruff tone. What do you want? And sure, Joseph, as rehearsed, said, excuse me, sir. My wife is pregnant. We need a place to stay. Do you have any rooms in the inn? And the innkeeper thought, this is the moment. He threw his arms open. He says, well, of course I do. Come on in. I'll give you the best room in the house. And Joseph is there, eyes wide open, looking to the left and looking to the right. His palms get sweaty. He doesn't know what to do. And a long pause of silence. And all of a sudden, he began to take a step in the inn. And he looked past the innkeeper and he looked around left and right. And he said, this place is a dump. No wife of mine is staying here. Come on, Mary, we're going to the barn. (laughs) One unexpected line changed the whole thing. And one unexpected line put the whole thing back on track. This morning, we're going to read together the scripture story that started all of the Christmas plays. It's from the Gospel of Matthew. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph 
being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to divorce her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took her as his wife. Joseph probably had the entire scene of his life scripted out perfectly. You know, Joseph probably wrote out how it would go, and he probably even memorized it. He'd find somebody he liked, they'd fall in love, they'd get married, maybe they would have a baby, maybe they wouldn't, and they would travel together, and they would experience life together, and they would spend one holiday at his house and the other holiday at the in-laws, and it would be so nice and easy. But you know that never happens especially if it's in Scripture. It never goes like that in Scripture. It's never that easy. And so here we have, before they were even living together, before they were even married, as we know that term to mean, Mary delivers a very unexpected line. It's very surprising and very unplanned. She delivers the line, I'm pregnant. I'm going to have a baby. And then she delivers another unscripted, unplanned, unexpected line. And it's not yours. You're not the father. Now all of a sudden, we have Joseph with his eyes wide open. Looking left, looking right, his palms sweaty, not really sure what to do. He's trying to know where to take a step. How does he look past what's in front of him? He's trying to redirect when all of a sudden another unexpected character comes in, the angel. And the angel delivers yet another unexpected, unscripted line. Oh, you're fine, Joseph. You're going to get to be a dad. Do you ever wonder how that conversation really went? Do you ever really wonder what was between the angel and Joseph? And what I mean is, do you really think whatever the angel said is what Joseph heard? Do you know there's sometimes a difference? There's a difference sometimes between what people say and what someone else hears. Maybe, maybe not in your house. Here's an example. 
of somebody's house, probably not yours. A family's trying to go to church and they're running late. So the parent does that parent holler, come on, sweet child, you better come down right now. We're running late. We've got to go to church. And what the child hears, that's what the parent says. The parent says, hurry up, come down, we're going to church. But what the child hears is, have a seat, pick out your favorite marker, draw me a picture, and lose one of the shoes that happens to be on your feet. <laughs> we have plenty of time. <laughs> Does that ever happen to you? Or my husband likes to call it speaking in code. He thinks I speak in code. An example, not for my house, probably just from yours. I'll come home and say, honey, I'm home. I just got back from the grocery store. And what he hears is, you better come unload these groceries from my trunk because I can't do everything by myself. <laughs> Sometimes the person hears something, says something else, and the whole meaning is totally different. And if you don't believe me, all you have to do is turn on any of these dating shows, these reality shows, and you can watch it unfold because it happens all the time between people. A few Christmases ago, well, I should say a few days before Christmas too, a few days before Christmas, there was a woman and she woke up and she looked over at her husband and she said, oh, husband, I had the funniest dream. I dreamt that for Christmas, you were gonna buy me diamond earrings. What do you think that means? And the husband says, oh, don't worry. You'll know the day after tomorrow. Next day, the woman wakes up and she goes, oh, husband, I had the funniest dream. <laughs> I dreamt that for Christmas, you were going to buy me some diamond earrings. What do you think it means? And the husband says, oh, don't worry, you'll know tomorrow. The next morning, the woman wakes up. She says, oh, husband, guess what? I had the funniest dream. I dreamt that for Christmas, you were going to buy me diamond earrings. I wonder what that means. He says, oh, don't worry. You'll know tonight. Nighttime comes. She's so excited. She's sitting on the couch waiting for gift time. Husband comes in with a small box, not too small, but small enough. Goes and sits by her, gives her her gift. She opens it up and guess what? It's a book entitled The Meaning of Dreams. Saying one thing, hearing something else, and meaning something totally different. So I have to wonder, how really did the conversation go between the angel and Joseph? When the angel said, your wife is pregnant, I have to think he heard, if I stay, I'll be shamed, and if I go, I'll be shamed. Joseph's muscle memory, Joseph knew the script. He knew the set lines of the culture of the day. And what the scene now would require would be for him to leave and Mary to be stoned. But the thing about it, Joseph was a carpenter. Joseph only knows how to build and to create. 
Joseph's muscle memory isn't to walk away. It's to rebuild something. So Joseph only knows how to take the pieces in front of him and put it back together. Joseph only knows how to repair and make things stronger. And so maybe we should take those cues from Joseph. Rather than using the same scripted argument and fighting, what if we had a new set of expectations and standards? Instead of relying on the old bad habits and temptations, what if we began to learn something new, a new interest? Instead of assuming that we hear one thing, what if we began to listen attentively and hear it new and unexpected? What if we began to rebuild the scene in front of us? What would it look like to make space for another person? What would it look like if we began to take what the unexpected line was and to put it back together differently? What would it look like if we took all of these pieces that we thought were just broken and over and began to build something stronger? What would it be like if we took something that shocked everyone, that was totally unexpected, and responded with some humor and grace and took a step in to the scene. You know, something else that Matthew gives us, it's interesting. Matthew gives us this beautiful lineage of Jesus at the beginning. And there are all of these names of these people in this holy and sacred lineage. And what we tend to do is we read it all these years later, this script, we tend to make it the holiest of holies. We've placed little halos on each of them. When in reality, if I went through that list and I reminded us of the glaring parts of their lives, it would not be pretty. In fact, you probably would remind me that this is a family-friendly worship. It's not their instinct or muscle memory that put them in the lineage. It was their response. It was them using their own gifts and talents that put them back on track. There's a great book, it's called Dakota, and there's kind of a famous excerpt, and I'm going to read it to you now. It says this. A seasoned monk, long accustomed to welcoming all guests, says to a young monk, I have finally learned to accept people as they are. Whatever they are in the world, a prostitute to a prime minister, it's all the same to me. 
But sometimes, the monk continues, I see a stranger coming up on the road, and I say, Oh, Jesus, it's you again. The real gift is the baby. And the baby has the most unexpected story of them all. And the meaning of that name of the baby, he saves. May we receive that gift of Joseph. May we receive the gift of the unexpected line in our lives. May we accept the gift of the scene that we are in. And may we be a part of that holy lineage that is saved through the gift of the one. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious and holy Lord, help us to love as Joseph loved and help us to trust as Joseph trusted. And more importantly, help us to hear as Joseph heard. There's so many notes and songs and happenings and events in our lives right now. May we be attuned to the ones that are most important for us. May we be attuned to whatever message you are putting in front of us. And Lord, if there is a baby in our lives that we have met or found or been a part of that life unexpectedly, we say thank you. Just like the many angels that are represented on the tree outside, Lord, may you help us care for them. May you help us care for all of those little ones that we are fortunate to be around. And may we as a church continue to open our arms and may people know that here in this inn, there is always a place. And Lord, as we get closer to Christmas, as we get closer to that wonderful silent night and Christmas morning, may we remember that in all things you are with us and that is truly the gift. And this day, we also ask for special blessings on the the diapers and the socks and undies and the blankets that we have been collecting this Advent season. May they find good homes and may they help keep families warm. And they may, may they help relieve some of the burdens of the season of cost so that for a moment families can truly just celebrate being together and being warm. And Lord, continue to connect all of us through your spirit. And may may we all be just ready to receive whatever is before us in this new year. We ask all of this in the name of the one who is to come. Amen. I invite you too to go ahead and stand so that you can be in response with our music. And I'd also remind you that you can give to the campus of Roswell United Methodist through Chapel Roswell. And the ways to give will be on the screen here in just a few moments. But we do invite you to give with your gifts, with your time, with your service, and also with the gifts and talents that you have of music.